Hello, welcome back to Spider Talk Presents. This is the penultimate episode of Series 3. Um, so you're lucky, lucky to hear it, aren't you? Uh, on my left, Tom, can you say hello? I'm sure I can. Good. Go on then. Uh, Demonstrate. Hello. Yeah. It's quite quiet. It was quiet. Hello. Better. Mm, something in the middle. And to my right, of course, Graham. That's right. Hello. Brilliant. Thanks, Graham. Thanks, Tom. Good effort on both of your parts. Thank you. Also, Graham. Mm-hmm. Uh, Got Press Gang was a television show, uh, as is the theme. And Graham's going to tell you a little bit more about it. I am. Hello. Um, Press Gang. Some of you may remember it. Uh, beloved children's TV drama on ITV or CITV. Uh, and it ran from 1989 to 1993. Uh, the series followed the trials of the Junior Gazette and its teenage staff members, of which, of whom more later. Um, I had to look this up, uh, but it was originally a school project because uh, the episodes we watched, it, it was kind of hard to gauge exactly what the uh, setup there was. But it was originally a, a school project that they're comprehensive to um, occupy the more troubled children and the uh, troublemakers in the school. And it later becomes a commercial venture, and I think it's on those kind of the the commercial side of things in which we'll focus. It was written, I think, entirely by one Stephen Moffat. Who? Who? Very good. That's good. I don't get it. Oh. Um, I'm sure it will come up later. <laughs> when he was just 25 years old. Um, Blimey. Yeah, I mean, almost a child himself. If, almost yeah if people live longer Um, the idea came about it was an idea of his father's who was a teacher uh, just like young Stephen himself who was also a teacher before um, writing this Um, his father pitched the idea to some TV producers who were happy for him to uh, happy for him that sounds kind of passive they um, they uh, asked for a series and uh, Stephen Moffat's father Gave it to Stephen to write, and uh, write it he did for 43 episodes in, tit- in total over five seasons. I don't really have any trivia because I wrote these notes really late, except that it was mostly directed by Bob Spears, who um, was most famous for directing Faulty Towers. So we're talking creme de la creme. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a Linda's number for you, though, of course oh, I have. Yeah. I'll leave that behind. Uh, do you have a guess? 14. One. It's somewhere in the middle. No, it's not. It's one. Uh, New tricks? No. Oh. I was quite pleased because even I'm getting bored of this. <laughs> uh, it's actually Only Fools and Horses. Michael Jaston, who plays the Colonel, mm. oh, yeah. um, was in an episode of Only Fools and Horses. One of the Christmas specials from 1996. I, I'm not sure which one. That was one of the, the latter. Yeah. Well, when I they. I think it came back to Hawaii more, maybe. Yeah. Is it 98 they won the. Uh... Possibly. Yeah. What's the one where Del Boy finds out he's got a doppelganger who's like oh, Miami to twice. the mob? Yeah, th- that was a special, wasn't it? It was, yeah, yeah. After the series had finished, like officially yeah, finished. Yeah, 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 yeah. So maybe around that time, but it may have been a bit later. Uh, do write in if you know. Um... I think that'll do from me. Oh, except to say Michael Jason. No, we'll talk about him later. Oh, yeah. Major. Hmm. We could, um, sort of. Oh. But I'm sure Keith's got something to say. Oh, yeah. Shall I, I int- often do. I'll introduce Keith. He, uh, he will have watched 
the first episode, I have every confidence of the first series in a, a segment I like to call Origins. 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 Yeah. Um, so I did watch the first episode. Thank you very much for your faith, Graham. Right, you're welcome. Uh, the first episode was called Page One. Well, it was called Page One. It still is, in fact, called Page One. Um, and it introduces the core cast. Uh, so, as you rightly pointed out, while the paper was populated by the better students, the higher performers, the teachers from the local comp also threw the dregs in. And <laughs> Dexter Fletcher being one Such of a dreg. Dregs to Fletcher. Dregs to Fletcher. Playing an American, Spike, well, James Spike Thompson. Mm. How do you get a nickname like Spike? Well, he liked, I guess he liked it. Uh, Self-chosen, I'd imagine. He's Dexter. not American, is he? Not in real life. Dexter yeah. Fletcher. No, but he could be, couldn't he? Dexter. Well, A, there's a serial killer, Dex. but it just sounds American. Mm. I wonder if they cast him. I thought he was American. Yeah. Dexter Fletcher. Well, he At was your service. Bugsy Malone, wasn't he? Yeah. Was he? Yeah. yeah. Playing himself, Hester. apparently. <laughs> He's got a varied, varied career. He's a director now. Dexter, yeah. Director Fletcher. Director Dexter. <laughs> That's nice. Dexter. Mm, Sounds yeah. like he's ill. Um, yeah, he's an American for some reason, and he doesn't want to take part. But then he's charmed by Julia Swahala's character. Is that how you say it, or are you just saying it quickly so we don't dwell on that? Swahala. I don't know either. Well, well that's how it's written. Swahala. Swahala. Yeah, okay. I'm pretty I think sure I said right. Swahala before. Yeah. Swah. It's Swah. Oh, I can't. We're reading it. Swahala. Where am I looking? Yes. Sawala. 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 Yeah. yeah. Whose sister used to present Escape to the Sun, I think. Yeah. And she was in EastEnders. Oh. I believe. What, Julia or the sister? The sister. More in EastEnders later. Oh. Yeah, I can well imagine. Yeah, yeah. It's, I know uh, you get it's a revolving door, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> don't know what that was. <laughs> Is that someone hitting a revolving door? No. Keep uh, it moving. Carry on. Uh, yeah. So. We find that the origins of the Junior Gazette was the, well, mystery surrounding a top journalist, a Mr. Matt Kerr, played by a chap who I think was in London's Burning. John Alford. Uh, <laughs> no, we're not going to go back into that. Cogmire <laughs> of Alford. Uh, Clive Wood. I think he was in a bill as well as someone who's man of medium seniority in these these sort of places so he was a, a, a journalist he decided to chuck it all in and become the editor of the local gazette for some reason he also decided to set up the junior gazette uh, the voice of the people young people but they don't really explain why he did that uh, they also don't really understand how they could financially support an entire newsroom which was set aside uh, just for the kids before the internet uh, rolling so, in money yeah. but so that well, in the episodes we've watched, there seems to be no mention or connection between the senior gazette or just the gazette and a junior one. So I wonder if that link falls apart or is yeah. retired. Well, we didn't see Mr. Matt Kerr in the later episodes. We, we did not. Um, but yeah, so essentially that's it. They they all come together through their mistaken love of journalism, and uh, Linda Day's character runs it from the the front and the back. In the, in the middle. She's everywhere. She is everywhere, isn't she? Bossy. Omnipresent. Say. Linda Day's Judas Wala. Yeah, she's um, 
Actually, maybe not not bossy. Out outspoken, forthright, forthright, yeah. very sure, mm. a bit curt. I would say, yeah, quite insulting, rude, mm-hmm. rash. I would say she rules the newsroom with an iron fist. Yep. Yeah, fine. No, that's fine too. Abrasive. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they are the origins. Oh, origin. Origins, yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> Didn't know if we did it at the end. No, we well. don't. Do we? Generally, do we? I, but then I don't usually say that was the origin. No so origins. My own fault. But good news, Tom. Go on. Now you can talk us through. The oh, first episode we watched. I can't wait. Okay. Oh, um, come on. No, sorry, yeah. I don't, <laughs> this is, this is your idea. <laughs> I know. I, I did enjoy it. Uh, so the, the first episode we watched was season three, episode two. What's it called, Tom? Killer on the line. That's right. Um, so the episode opens in what looks to be a shop, um, and it seems to be in some disarray, and we can see a man is lying unconscious on the ground with mm. a serious head wound, Ooh. and he's holding a can of something that carries a hazard label. Oh, yeah. Close by is a younger man who's also nursing an injury. Um, it looks like his eyesight has been mm. impaired mm-hmm. and he's staggering around the shop. The young man... It's familiar. It's young Max Branning from That's EastEnders. Right. Yeah. Of course it is, with a full head of hair. Full head of hair. Also, um, you, Graham, you probably know him um, from Paul Verhoeven's Medieval Epic Flesh and Blood. I probably do, yeah. yeah. What is it? Okay. He was, he was Just jog my memory. Flesh and Blood. It's, uh, what's his name? Rutger Hauer. Oh, yeah. Jennifer Jason Lee. Yeah. Um, I can't remember. In I think it's set in medieval Europe. Right. Jake Wood plays a young king or a young prince. Ah. Yeah. I don't think I've seen it. Paul Verhoeven is Starship Troopers. Starship Troopers, oh. Robocop, Showgirls. Of course he is. Very Jake Wood was in those circles, was he? Well, as a youth. As a youth. Mm. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's mm. good. Thank you. There you go. You'll also know him, Graham, from Red Dwarf, of course, one of the later series. Oh, yeah. The Canaries. Crichton. Yeah. <laughs> was, kind of, yeah. was it Canaries? I think it was Canaries. Uh, okay. I, yeah. Mm. I will know those things one yeah. day. So um, Max Branning is next to a phone, which he uses to call the Junior Gazette. So in the newsroom, Spike is furiously searching for something. Um, he's upset that Linda uh, has hidden his passport, which presumably means he can't go back to America. Yeah. Is that what he's planning on doing? I think that's right, yeah. Um, so Sarah, one of the other, um, I think she's head of features or something like that. Head reporter, I head think. Head reporter, yeah. Um, she's also upset. Uh, she's seemingly being s- been stood up by some useless sod called David. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Max Branning is calling the office in search of someone called Rod. And um, Sarah picks up the phone and sort of plays along. Um, and Max Branning reveals that he's... He accounts for his uh, injured eyes by saying that um, the older gentleman sprayed him in the face with, with something. So Sarah deduces that Max Branning must have been committing a crime mm-hmm. and that he was sprayed with something like mace mm-hmm. in self-defence mm. by this older chap. Um, so they're onto a story, aren't they? So the gang, or the press gang... It's fallen there, that nice, that's good. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. They decide to record the conversation next time he calls. Sorry, what are you going to say? Well, the story's just fallen in their lap, isn't it? It has, is, uh, yeah, yeah. Bon chance. Uh, oh, yeah. Thanks. Was that the ACDC singer? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Okay, during... Uh, so, yeah, they decide to record the conversation, uh, and during the exchange, Sarah reveals that Max Branning has got the wrong number. Mm. She's like, we're not Rod. Rob's not here. He um, ain't having none of it, is he? No, nah, prompts him to hang up. 
And that draws the ire of Colin, who is yeah. also there, and he's perhaps the most insufferable member of he's the editorial a team. two-dimensional, cartoonish yeah, kind of really is. character. Yeah. He's the commercial arm yeah. of the Gene Exec. I is think he? he sells ad space. Oh, God. Wikipedia describes him thusly. He is the Thatcherite in charge of the paper's finances and advertising. He often wears loud shirts, and his various schemes have included marketing defective half ping-pong balls as pings, exam revision kits, and soda that leaves facial stains. He's um, not necessarily not uh, un- unrequired comic relief. I'd say. Mm. The young yeah. Del boy, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Because the characters don't really seem like stereotypes. No. Um, he he very much does. I'd say. Yeah. The, the others are all pretty well yeah, fleshed out. Well fleshed out. Yeah. Um, so Spike and Linda have a heart to heart. I didn't really follow. So I I get the the whole. I think one of the whole like series wide arcs mm. was their will they won't they, they won't relationship. Not. Yeah. Um. So I don't really know at what which stage we're at. Well, it sounded like they moment. had dated. Yeah. It, and and had since. <coughs> sure. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> since given him his marching orders to mm. America, and he's returned somehow. Mm. With a new girlfriend, possibly. Yeah. Some mention of a Zoe who's mm. flown over. I think oh, right. she was imported. <laughs> Uh, I think that he didn't show Linda the affection she wanted, but sure. he's now seemingly uh, head over heels with this Zoe girl. That's what I picked up, but uh, it was only kind of mentioned in passing. Mm. I don't think it's integral to the plot, no. so I wouldn't worry at home. No, there are more pressing... Or pre- <laughs> no, you wrote these down. <laughs> I haven't, actually. This is off the cuff. No. Um, well, pressing matters at hand. So, back in the shop, which we learn is called Lorenzo's mm. and is a news agent. And from a brief conversation, uh, phone call Kenny makes mm-hmm. uh, to the office, um, he says something about how Loren- Mr. Lorenzo's trying to be gay, trying, has been trying to get in touch with press Paper. gang. Sorry, <laughs> not called press gang. <laughs> the the um, junior, junior gazette all evening. Um, yeah. Uh, so, th- the man with the smashed-in noggin is is um, is Mr. Lorenzo, and he seems to be suffering. Um, so, Max Browning on the phone reveals uh, again to Sarah that the whole ordeal was a test. Mm. He wanted to join Rod's gang. Rod's gang, yeah. And um, robbing the till of Mr. Lorenzo's shop was like a way of being indoctrinated yeah. into he the. He wanted uh, to be one of the emus, didn't he? Rod and his emus. I was thinking Stuart and getting nowhere. That's better. Yeah, <laughs> one of the faces. <laughs> That's not bad either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, basically, the phone keeps going and they keep talking and hanging out and yada yada. Um, he calls back again, Max Branning, and Sarah gives him some grief right off the bat. And it's quite vicious, but it's it's not Max Branning, is it? It's David. That's the, right. The fellow who stood up yeah, earlier. Yeah, so he yeah. gets an earful. You've seen this TV trope used many a time. Yeah, before. yeah. Um, fabulous. Uh, very very nineties haircut. Sport yeah, wonderful curtains. Yeah, yeah, wonderful curtains. Yeah. Uh, so back in the shop, Max Browning starts to go a bit mad, doesn't he? He's rolling around on the floor and laughing about nothing in particular. Yeah, yeah. Which doesn't bode well. Um, so a police officer turns up to the, the uh, Junior Gazette and sits in on one of the phone conversations. And at that point, Max Browning pretends that the whole thing was a hoax, yeah. doesn't he? And he, uh, which was much to the chagrin of the po- police officer who. Uh, Max Branning says that he knew it was the Junior Gazette all along. Yeah. Which to the viewer at home and to the press gang, as they like to be called, uh, (laughs) 
is a mystery how he yeah. knows that. Curious, isn't mm. it? Please don't press on. So the nice. So the perp. I'm bringing that back. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Having seemingly regained his sight, calls the Junior Gazette back, and he reveals that the old man, Mister Lorenzo, has passed away. Doesn't oh he? So Max Branning. Natural causes, was it? Yeah. Max Branning, who now identifies himself as Jack, um, shows some remorse for his crime. Yeah. And as he's talking to Sarah over the phone, the, the shop is flooded with blue lights mm. from the police sirens. So Sarah basically did some real deducing. Real, the ju- yeah. real deducing. Um, Fantastic detective work. Uh, she discovered that. <laughs> well, yeah, Jake's whereabouts. She discovered Jake's whereabouts because Mr. Lorenzo. Oh, yeah, as I said earlier, had been calling the yeah. offices. She realised Jake. Jack, sorry. Jake Wood. Max Jake Wood. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, must have uh, used the return call function yeah. on the shop's phone yeah. to call who he thought would be Rod. Yes. Because he Rod said he there? saw Rod's phone somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, but I guess in between Rod phoning, yeah. Mr. Lorenzo phoned the Junior Gazette. Yeah, that's right. So hit return call, and you're gonna Three get goals. the Junior Gazette. That's it. Um, Mystery solved. Yeah. So that I think is that. Yeah. Did I miss anything? Well, Tom, distribution problems. Oh, on the south side. On the south side, the south side came up a lot. In it this did. I, I found what it- city is it based in? Uh, London. I think it's uh, set in Uxbridge, or filmed in Uxbridge, near Pinner, Keith. Pinner? Mm. Oh, where you live. Don't tell the listeners where I live. No, <laughs> you live in Ricelip, don't it's you? not Pinner. <laughs> One or the other. Yeah. <laughs> Is it near Uxbridge? Do you live near Uxbridge? Uh, I do, yeah. Um, <laughs> Num- what number? <laughs> <laughs> Seven. Right, slip. So is, is, there, is there a south side of Oxbridge that you're aware of? Uh, well, I'm sure there is one. Yeah, <laughs> Do they call it the south side? Uh, not that I'm aware of, but this was the 90s. South side's yeah. a popular phrase. Um, but they never... Did they ever specify where they were? Um, Other than... The show was set in a fictional town of Norbridge, but it was mostly filmed in Oxbridge, a suburb of London. Hmm. Um... You were reading that, weren't you? You weren't just... Yeah, no, I wasn't. I wasn't going wrong. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, good episode. That was it. I, I have... Because you said that's it just then, yeah. isn't it? And I, I have a note here which says not a lot really happens. It's sort of yeah. true. Not a lot does really happen in this episode. I found her a bit smug. Sarah? Yeah. She, she has a funny way of acting. She's very sort of restrained. Yeah. Acting? <laughs> good they impression. Are, they are young, I mean. Yeah. Well, actually, when I say that... Uh, I think they were in their 20s. Well, I've got a note here. How young are the actors? Anyone say yeah. know? I don't know, because Dexter Fletcher does look quite young. Yeah. He looks young, but he was born in the 60s. Wow. As was Julia. Really? Swallow. I always think of her as very young, but it's because I haven't seen her on TV in about 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Cause uh, I was actually thinking it's not like some of those shows you see when the teenagers are so obviously yeah. played by 30-year-old men. Well, <laughs> well, like not, in, not always men. Like in 30-year-old <laughs> people. Um, so, yeah, Julia was born in 68. And Press Gang came out in 89. Right, so she would have been 19. No. No, 20, 21. 21. Yeah. Maths. Dexter, <laughs> Dexter director, he was born in 1966 in 80s. He doesn't look in his 20s, does he? 23, no. He, he doesn't. He, he's very slight. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, slightly. Shall we uh, move on to the next episode? Well, yeah. yeah. Unless, unless you have... 
Any other facts that you want to impart? Oh, yeah. I, mean, I assume they post cards. Oh, Some fuck. <laughs> By the look on your face. Oh, uh, no. There is no fact. Um, the fact is there is no facts. No, no, I've prepared something. <laughs> yeah. What is this feature called again? Uh, uh, this Lin- is called Lin- Postcards from Lindhurst. Postcards from Lindhurst. Postcards, Postcards from Lindhurst. And uh, um, I can tell you that... Um, the Church of St. Michael and All Angels um, mm. features a stained glass window designed by William Morris. That's oh, great. brilliant. William, wasn't he in advertising, William Morris? Yeah. Oh. Mm. Okay, fine. And another one of those next uh, week. And he was a um, socialist. Was he? Yeah. Was he actually in advertising? Yeah. Well, he was in... Mm, no, not advertising. He, he did... Um, but he was in like commercial art. Oh, okay. Because he had, you know, the wallpaper. Yeah. Also, you know the wallpaper designs yeah. that he did? No, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. Oh, I'm on his Wikipedia page. Oh, yeah, very nice. Yeah. Died in 1896. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So, postcards from Lintest. Good. Great. I think I recovered very, well, very well from yeah. that. No, it does nothing to recover from. <laughs> okay, so season four, episode two, Unexpected. Mm. So the um, episode opens... Ex- Quite strangely, in the grounds of a large house, patrolled yes. by a towering brute wielding an Uzi. <sighs> Lovely turn of phrase. Um, all of a sudden, he's knocked out by a tranquilizer dart. Um, it turns out he's been shot by a mystery man. But I say mystery man because it's not, is it, Graham? It's it's Michael Jaden. Jaden, aka the Valyard from Doctor Who, this which was great. written by. <laughs> Which time? Well, I was just because Stephen <laughs> oh, Moffat, Stephen went, Moffat went yeah, on to. Right. He was the Ma- Michael Jason played the Valyard in uh, the Trial of a Time Lord, uh, mm. which um, was took up most of Colin Baker's tenure as the Doctor. Um, tenure, not ten year. Not ten year. Although it could feel like ten years sometimes <laughs> watching it. And um, Michael Jason's character, the Valyard, was a Time Lord who um, no one asked for this, did they? But I'm doing it anyway. Uh, who is actually putting the Doctor on trial, and at the end of it. Um, I think it's revealed or at least hinted that the Valyard might actually be the Doctor. So mm. technically, Michael Jason sort of played the played Doctor. The doctor. Oh. There you go. I mm. think we should have a tally for like... Um... No, we shouldn't. No, <laughs> I was just thinking because we're talking about how Richard Griff- Griffith Could have been the Doctor. Yeah. Really pet- played him twice. Twice, yeah. But mm, I, I don't didn't. He didn't, did he? Mm. Anyway, so um, next scene, even more bizarrely, is a Nazi dentist... <laughs> Was that? Do you think that's fair? Have you seen that that's scene? fair, yeah. Who's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sort of wielding, who's um, seemingly threatening Fraz, one yeah. of the members of uh, the press gang, mm. with some kind of obscene drill-based weapon. Um, so it looks like they're in the same room, but it soon transpires that Fraz, Fraz is actually watching the telly. The telly. He's watching. Well, he's watching a video of a TV show called Colonel X. Does anyone recognise the dentist? No. He was in Porridge, Keith, help me out, because you know Porridge more than me. Oh, he right. plays the Denth Northern chap because I read a book once. Oh, yeah, that does ring a bell. But I can't really fill in that character assessment better than that. Okay, well, I don't think it really matters, but if you've watched Porridge... Porridge. Porridge. Tis was. Yeah, sorry, Car- Heslop, that's his name. Ah. Ryan Glover? Yes, he was also a wrestler. Yes, is that Brian Glover? Well, that's why I thought. That's why I kind of brought it up. I thought Tom yeah. would have something to say about this. I didn't recognise. He was in Alien Three as well. Yes, yeah. I didn't recognise that was that was him. Yeah, it was. Yep. He oh, was, he was also in 
Bob's Weekend in 1996. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you all know him from, from that. Mm. Uh, so, Colonel X, as a show... Mr. X. Looks <laughs> very good. Yeah. Looks, uh, frankly, brilliant. Mm. I would I would have loved to have watched the full episode of Colonel what X. What do you think are its biggest influences? But Doctor Who is an is obvious up there. one. Inspector Gadget, maybe? Could be. Yeah, maybe the Avengers. Well, maybe is, the Avengers. What's that TV company? I, I, the ITC. One you like. ITC. Yeah, they had an ITC vibe about, it, didn't they? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it had a bit of John Steed about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he did. Certainly did. So, um, Fraz, uh, I think Julie maybe from Press Gang calls up Fraz, and he's um, sort of saying, "Oh, it's rubbish." Who's you know. Julie? Is this Lucy, Lucy, Benjamin? Lucy Benjamin? Benjamin? EastEnders. EastEnders and Detectorists. Oh yeah. yeah, but she talks with quite a posh accent here. Mm. She doesn't sound like either of those characters. Yeah, hmm. that's acting. I suppose, acting, isn't it? Yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Money. very good. Um, so yeah, Franz sort of said, "Oh, I can't believe he used to watch this as a kid." It turns out, as a, as a youth, he was a big Colonel X fan. Mm. But um, watching it back, he finds it quite hokey. Yeah. Um. So um, yeah, he he basically leaves his flat and on on the way, I think on his way to the office, I think he's attacked in an alley. Yeah, knocked out and confronted by none other than Colonel X himself. Hold on, but what the? But isn't he a fictional that, character? He is a fictional character. How is this possible? And why did he punch him? Tell us everything, Tom. <laughs> well, before you can you know think about that too too. Uh, deeply, deeply. Um, Spike and Linda turn up. Not it, no. I mean, the next scene is yeah. Spike and Linda, and I think Spike's having a pop at Linda because she's he's given her grief because she can't find a date. She's undateable. She's yeah. undateable. Thank you. Yeah, and um, th- he makes a deal with her. He says, "If you can find a date, I will cook you both dinner." Yeah. Um, and I've written here, Spike is very mean spirited because I thought this was quite cruel. Yeah, it's quite unpleasant, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and like, um, yeah. Didn't like it. Didn't care for it. No. Uh, so, and then the press gang find out that Frez, Fraz, Fraz, Fraz has been knocked on the noggin again. Noggin again. again. That, yeah. that word? He's been nutted. Um, no, he wasn't nutted, was he? He was fisted. <laughs> <laughs> Let me rephrase that. Uh, a fist was what his head at speed. Yes, mm. yes, yes, it was. His head. Um, so Linda and Julie go to see Fraz in the hospital, um, and he drifts off. But when he reawakes, Colonel X is there again what? in the hotel room. But he's a fictional character. That. No, this doesn't make sense. The hotel room, hospital room. Bad <laughs> I was watching something else. Uh, Fraz tells the apparition that Colonel X doesn't exist, mm. as we were just saying. Yeah, well, it couldn't. It couldn't be him because even sense. the actor that portrayed him, John Tony, England. Johnny, Tony England. John England, John England, not John English, um, was killed in a car accident. Was... So it couldn't possibly be. Much like more Doctor Who trivia, I'll be brief. Um, the guy who played the Master died in a car crash. Uh, uh, Roger Delgado. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah, perhaps a nod to him. I don't know perhaps hmm. one of the reasons Pertwee quit because he was really? such a friend of Delgado. Oh. He wouldn't be as fun anymore. He was a fantastic foil for Pertwee, wasn't he? Yeah. Like yeah. Going straight all over again. It was, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So, um, in the morning, Fraz wakes up and he opens a box of black magic by the bed. Only what, to... what are black magic? They're like chocolates. Okay. Yeah. My dad's favourite. Can you still get them? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I thought you could. Sure. Okay. Thanks. We can still find them. <laughs> um, only to discover... So he opens the chocolate box and discovers a calling card featuring a big, bold, black letter X. Mm. In a serif font. It was Sarah Fon, absolutely. Um, 
Linda, she's desperately trying to find a date, and she approaches fucking Colin. Ugh. <laughs> who uh, falls off a stepladder. Yeah. Flails his arms about like a loon. Um, so she, but he does say yes. Well, he doesn't really, but she takes it. Yeah. Yes, she's desperate. She takes his uh, falling off a stepladder <laughs> to mean yes. Tacit acceptance. Yeah. Um, Spike, this next scene's great. Spike's undercover at a haulage company. Yeah, he's pretending to be a locksmith. Um, but yeah, he's just really pulling a fast one on the. Uh, it's like dense secretary. On the, yeah. Mm. And then Fraz also joins in on the yeah. act and they just sort of run circles around her. Um, and then Fraz sort of shows Spike the um, calling card and. Uh, Spike then turns it over and reads the back, which I would have thought Fraz would have done at one point. <laughs> I thought he had, yeah. but he was oh, saying... Oh, had he? Oh, okay. He this is what I thought, but then I read it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I misunderstood that, yeah. yeah. And so it turns out it's from Julie, um, and she'd sort of yeah. said something about the Colonel X. So, he's working late one night, Fraz this is, mm-hmm. at the uh, press gang at HQ, and Colonel X appears again. Um, Colonel X thanks Fraz for writing all those letters to him Aww. as a youth. So Fraz was a considered a big, big fan. fan. Yeah. Again, I wonder if this is sort of semi-autobiographical because Moffat and yeah. Who. Yeah. Well, he wrote letters to Doctor Who. Well, I think he wrote. Ah, oh, no, I'm thinking of Capaldi. Capaldi wrote in uh, the Radio yeah. Times, didn't write to the Radio yeah. Times about Doctor Who. I'm like, I bet Moffat would have done as well. I'm sure, he would have. Yeah. Um. So Colonel X asks Fraz for his help. But um, Fraz just is like, you're not real. Yeah. I'm not going to acknowledge it. But then. Um, Tiddler. Is that now or is that later? That's Tiddler comes in. Yeah, Tiddler comes in. So who's Tiddler? She's a junior reporter. She works on the Junior Junior Gazette. Yeah. This Ow. is true. Yeah. Blimey. Um, Possible love interest for Fraz. I think he seems a little bit enamoured. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Maybe. Because uh, Tiddler's like. Probably in her 40s. <laughs> <laughs> She has no further acting credits after Press Gang. Mm. Sad, isn't it? Yes. So Tiddler um, doesn't immediately seem to have um, noticed Colonel X. Mm-hmm. Um, so Fraz just thinks, yeah, he's talking to himself. Figment of my imagination. Yeah, yeah. But then um, she sort of says, Fraz, why are you ignoring that man? Yeah. And he's like, oh, you can see him too. What the? What the hell? But I thought he was a... <laughs> anyway, back home... In Fraz's flat, he's visited by a man who bears a striking resemblance to that. Nazi Brian Glover. Yeah. So is that also Brian Glover? No. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. that's probably what through here. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so he bears a striking resemblance to that antagonist Ooh. from the episode of Colonel X he was watching earlier. Um, he reveals himself to be a psychiatrist um, and says, We need to talk about John England. Yeah. Well, you played Hitler in your, you know, related to your Nazi dentist. Brian Glover did. Psychiatrist did. Yeah. No, you don't mean Frank Glover. You mean the guy who plays the psychiatrist. Yeah, Michael Sheard. Oh, he's in oh. Indiana Jones in the last Crusade. Oh, wow. That's Hitler's. That's, that's Hitler, yeah. Yeah. Nazi dentist and a former Hitler actor. He was also in Empire Strikes Back. Oh. He's actually done some pretty good stuff. Was he Lobot in Empire Strikes Back? Is that Lobot? No. Oh. It's Admiral Ozzel. Oh. don't know what a Lobot is. Lobot is Lando Calrissian's robe-like cyborg. Alright. Portmanteau is sort of Lando and Robot. <laughs> so. Lobot. Lobot the Robot. I don't remember Lobot Robot. He's got like a thing around the back of his head, like a, he's like oh, a reverse Jordi LaForge. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and he has big billowy sleeves. Lovely he's stuff. a denizen of Cloud City. 
course he is. It looks like he was Hitler in the Tomorrow People as well. Bloody hell. Hitler. <laughs> yeah, that's not. He already had the uniform. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bought it myself. Um, so Fraz finds out that John England never actually died, but his wife did. He was Mr. Yeah. Bronson, sorry. <laughs> what? From Grain Chill. Was he? Really? I should have got that. And also a Hoovian. Oh, they're all in Who. Yeah. Who did he Bass, play? Headmaster. I've seen that. Me- Murgrave and Lowe. 17 episodes he's been in. Hmm. I didn't recognise him. So. Blimey, he came back for more a few times. <laughs> Sorry, Jim. Anyway, so yeah, Fraz finds out that John England never actually died. Mm. His wife did mm-hmm. sadly die in the car accident. Yeah. Um, and the papers reported John England as having also perished, but um, the family decided not to correct the mistake. Yeah. It's uh, it a bit pencil thin, this Yeah, part. I'm not sure why. But basically, John England has understandably um, got a bit lost on PC waves. <laughs> mm. well, well, he's, he's uh, in denial. Em- he's in denial. His, he's embodied his character. Yeah. He? Uh, yeah. He doesn't want to accept reality. Yes, that's, so that's right. he's um, gone back to very fiction. much yeah, um, inhabiting the role of Colonel X, um, which he's quite open about. And there was a really wonderful moment where. It's, the veneer cracks slightly, yeah. and it looks like he's about to be accepting of his fate. Yeah. But then, um, oh, I've cut out. I've, sorry, I missed a whole bit. Uh, while this is going on, um, Spike and Julie, uh, Spike and Linda, have set up a dinner table. Oh yeah. Because basically, um, Colin didn't, Colin didn't come through yeah. um, with his um, promise. He said he'd been captured by terrorists. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Send a finger as proof. Very good. I like that bit. So, um, Linda's been stood up, basically. Spike is gloating. Uh-huh. And just as um, Colonel X slash John England is at his most forlorn, Linda asks him if he'd like to join her for dinner. Mm. He says so he'd be delighted. He said he'd be delighted. Instantly. No pause. No, no pause. So he goes and he pulls the chair out for her and everything. Yep. It's very gentlemanly. And the episode ends with... Um, him using the miniature flamethrower in his signet, signet ring to, yeah. uh, to light the that candles. Yeah, very good. And that's the end. That's, that's it. it. Wow. Good. Thanks, so, Tom. So, uh, that bit where Colonel Lex came in to talk to Fraz and Tiddler came in, how would you have phrased the question, could you see him, if you hadn't uh, volunteered information? There's no good. There's no good way to ask that. Yeah, can you see this man? Yeah. Hi. Do you see a man sitting? If they're not there, yeah, it's going to be weird. Yeah. If they are there, yes, of course. Why are you we, asking me that? You could say, "Sorry, um, sorry, I was talking to myself then," because he was. Yeah. He thought he was, yeah. and she just said, "Oh, that's okay." Or she just said, "But you weren't." There was a chapter. But that is what he said, wasn't it? Was he? Didn't he say, "Did you hear me talking to myself?" No, I think uh, he said, "Sorry for talking." Sorry that I was talking to myself, or uh, something. I can't remember. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe you'll say that. Yeah. I thought I thought I just thought of it, but um, <laughs> no, I got it from the show. <laughs> um, I would go. Oh, Tiddler, have you met? Hmm. Oh no, because that would look even weirder. Wouldn't yeah, it? that would yeah. look weird. No one there. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, tricky one. So hopefully, yeah. it won't. Well, yeah. Yeah, it's just it's just been at the back of my mind. I don't know when I find myself in that situation, which I inevitably will. Of course. Uh, what am I gonna? 
Say to save face. It's good to have a plan, isn't it? Maybe we should think about that. Um, Please write in with your ideas. Yeah. <laughs> How can you ask about the existence of an individual while being able to backtrack? <laughs> um, so, uh, let's talk realism mm. here. Mm. So, um, Linda has to worry about distribution and other things. Yeah. It seems odd, given that it was a school project, that you would actually have to deal with that sort of thing. When they were the well, well think it isn't it gone commercial? Yeah, at this point, it isn't a school project. Mm. That's... Certainly, my understanding. There's no mention of school. They, no they don't look like they're school. in school. No, they don't look like they're. They don't look like school children. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is season three and season four, isn't it? So we yeah. can assume. Was it five seasons? Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon they'd gone commercial. It's a big old, um, sizable office space, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It's very, very For good. Kids. But they're only small. Yeah. That's true. Maybe it makes them a little bigger. <laughs> um, favorite character, favorite line. Yeah, favourite character. Ooh. I really enjoyed the Colonel. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I also thought Frazzle was very good. Thought, those were my two yeah, as well. Yeah. Frazzle, the Colonel. Right. Yeah. They had a good rapport. They did. Hmm. I mean, it was hard to pick. I wouldn't have thought any of us would have choos- chosen a favourite from the first episode. Most, mm. of them, most of them didn't do a lot, except for Sarah, who was a bit wooden. Uh, maybe you like Jake Wood, Keith. Jake Wood, Young Max. Yeah. No. Actually, in the first episode is when I like that's I made up my mind about Frowls in that first Did you? episode. Yeah, he has a couple of lines. Yeah, but they're they're very well delivered. Yeah. Like he's, he just looks very uh, nonplussed by the whole situation. Yeah. yeah. Just, he, just, he just seemed quite cool. He was, quite well, he was one of the dregs who was imported. Into, oh really? Into is he a bad lad? He doesn't seem a bad lad. No, he's no, absolutely no, very bit. sweet. I think he just like he back. just uh, went engaged for the schoolwork. Well, he could put more effort in. Didn't focus. In class, did he? No, I guess no, not, no. no he didn't. <laughs> Probably Spike's influence. Oh god, yeah. Well, Spike is a. Yeah, do well. Who? So, who's your favourite character? I don't know. <laughs> did uh, you like it, Keith? Not well. <laughs> I like the unexpected episode because yeah. I thought that that was interesting. I didn't like the phone on the line. I didn't like that on the line one. Oh, I thought that was good. Did you? Smug. Yeah. Um, I didn't think it was as. Clever as it thought it was. Mm. In in both instances, though, I minded less in unexpected. Like it felt like it's very nascent Moffat writing when there's often some kind of clever twist or some mm. unexpected things happening, or he writes himself in knots and then manages to kind of unravel it. Here it's a bit like I don't know. The, the explanations were quite simplistic, or like the idea that he imagined this Colonel. The, the actual explanation was a bit naff, I thought. Like, we didn't really die, but yeah. no one ever dared to correct the yeah. press, and the press didn't really bother correcting themselves. Yeah. It didn't really feel like... doesn't sound convincing. stand up to scrutiny, yeah. really, does it? Uh, I never watched Press Gang the first time around, so there's no, mm. no nostalgia for me. And I hate precocious children. So, <laughs> they're not children, though. They're in their 20s. They're, well, they're in their early 20s, but they were portraying mm. precocious children, and that winds teens. right up. Precocious teens, there's a difference. Bad lads. Yeah. And lasses. Um, and lasses. But I don't think they had bad lasses in Partridge. It's just bad lads. Yeah. Um, Favourite line? Mm. Well, the, uh, a lot of the dialogue was quite good, I thought. Yeah. That, um, that's there was a bit where they were watching Colonel X on video, Fraz is watching it, and um, the, the Colonel says, Which of the royal family did you replace with a ro- robot replica? And just as the, the, the crazy dentist is about to tell him he has to pause it, <laughs> that made me chuckle a bit. Uh, just because they're all quite absurd. Expect the unexpected. Yeah. That's what he says. I'll have that. Is that your favourite line? Fine, yeah. 
so, so I, I can remember it. Um, I think mine we've already talked about. Colin won't be able to make it. He's been unavoidably kidnapped by terrorists. <laughs> it gave me a chuckle. Yeah, it was quite fun. Oh, Total Amazement City. I had that as well. Oh, yeah, this is that yeah. Whole point. Jeez, yeah, as a kind of Total Amazement City. It's up there with Tremo, isn't it? Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that brings us on to scores. Oh yeah. It does. yeah. Uh, so Tom, Tom massively skewed the ratings. Yeah, a couple of episodes ago. what have I done? You went up you too went, high. Yeah, you just. All right. Well, crazy. I'll be conservative. So this. pie in the sky, you gave two. Did I? <laughs> yes, ostrich. Bloody hell! Because top. you gave space pre. You've, you went you too high. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you went to a space precinct. You didn't leave yourself anywhere to go. Yeah, that doesn't seem. Gone, well, you won't let space, me. You won't let me change it. Sky. Well, I, I can't retrospectively go back and change the past. I wish I could. Doctor. I'm not a doctor. Who. Or um or Sl- Slade. I'm not Jeff Slade. Just Jeff Slade's. Oh yeah. Right. What was that one? Time, time traveller. No, crime traveller. Crime traveller. <laughs> or um time after time. Yeah. That wasn't about time travel. Oh. Wasn't yeah. it? <laughs> wasn't it, Tom? <laughs> I think that was a subtext. So, <laughs> so given given you gave the last two two. <laughs> So the last two things we've reviewed have been nearly perfect. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> oh. Okay, uh, five. Cool. Albatross. You're all over the shop. You're a disgrace. Hang on, what was that? Albatross. Five, really? What are you going to give it? Uh, maybe a four. Maybe a four, actually. Yeah. Flamingo. Yeah, why not? Graham, you gave Pie in the Sky a Skywood three. And right. Space Precinct, a Spacewood 4. <laughs> Did I? Time After Time, oh. 8. Yeah, that's about right. In fact, we all gave Time After Time 8. Awful, wasn't it? Mm. Um, I'll give this one a 4. Oh, uh. Another Flamingo. That's me and Tom my fighting. So what it's a thing we do. Four. Uh, I will give it a less generous 6. Okay. Golden Eagle. And now the schools. There we go. Uh, talking of scores, yeah. is it quiz time? It's quiz time. It's quiz time. Uh, 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 uh. Is that the countdown? I don't know what that is. It's, it's the, the chart, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. We'll cut that out. Probably have to pay for it. <laughs> uh, yeah. It is Moffat themed. Yes. But oh, because I'm in trouble. Well, it's, I've deliberately made it not too not too fast <laughs> because, because I think it'll be unfair. Yeah, it would be unfair. Uh, so, till you got on, really. Right. I tried to cover a lot of Moffat's career. Um, start with the easiest one. Are you filming me? Moffat is credited as one of three screenwriters for The Adventures of Tintin. Can you name either of the other two? <laughs> I can see Keith's got one right now. Mm. Tom's making grunting noises. They both went for the same one, Joe Cornish. Correct. Yeah. The other one is Edgar Wright. Mm, I, suppose so. uh, I didn't see that. Was it any good? No, I never saw it either. Never saw it. Was it I Robert Zemeckis? It was quite well reviewed. What? Spielberg. Back to the Future. Spielberg. Yeah, Spielberg. <laughs> Senior Spielberg. <laughs> um, number two. Who played the lead role in Moffat's adaptation of Jekyll and Hyde? Recent, that wasn't it. ITV. Yeah, Tom's got it. Oh, Fresh is on, Keith. Uh, 
He's pulled it out of the bag. James Nesbitt is right. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) Um, True or false, Moffat has written more minutes of Doctor Who than any other writer. I'm talking television. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, true. Both right, yeah. I thought that was harder. Weren't they? I guess. That's what was my thought process. The episodes are longer in his run. That's true. Mm. But then serials were quite long so he's written more minutes but less episodes oh hmm she's been at it for a while yeah well you both got it so well done um which press gang episode title was the inspiration for the beloved creators of the science fiction audio stories for the, that's, that's quite badly worded. sorry take <laughs> which press gang episode title was the inspiration for uh, the company behind Science fiction audio stories. Science fiction audio stories. Couldn't tell you something. Couldn't tell you. Uh, <laughs> Tom's going with Big Finish, which is right. Keeps going with Unexpected, which is wrong. Yeah. Well, which one was Big Finish? They do all the Doctor Who um, oh, audio very nice. books, stories. And what was the name of Moffat's semi-autobiographical sitcom about a marriage dissolving? Oh. Oh! Marriage dissolving. Damn it, what's this one called? That's a question, yeah. That's exactly what the question is. (laughs) Is it something like that? It's close. Oh. I'm not going to give it to you because you've already won. Keith's gone with coupling. He did write coupling, but that isn't yeah. it. Tom's gone with time apart. It was joking apart. Joking apart. No, Robert, no, no. Robert Bathurst. Right, also wrote Toast. Chalk. Have you seen that? No. Is it bad? I don't know. Okay. Uh, Tom wins as usual. Well done, Tom. Uh, hey. What, by, by how many points? A point. One point. Four to three. Well, whatever. What's the um, overall score? Uh, I think I'm winning. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you are, yeah. Yeah, Tom. Tom has won all of the quizzes, bar one this this season series. Very sad. Probably fixed. So wait, it's a... oh right, okay. it's a landslide yeah. win. Uh, uh, a runaway success. Yeah, kind of a, a Russian style success. <laughs> There's been no interference. I don't know the questions before we. Right. I know the answers. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. that's obvious. I did my major cough, didn't I, from what he wants to be in there. Coincidence? Okay. Well, that's, that. that's Press Gang. That is, yeah. Do we know what happened at the end of Press Gang? They all... They all get married. <laughs> they all get married. Yeah. They all went to work on EastEnders. They all um, they start a commune. Oh, I say yes. commune. Cult. The cult. The Press Gang's... That's not true. I don't know. Do you know how it solves? No, I don't think it does. Do they go to university or something? Possibly. One of them certainly does. They were talking about making a TV movie, so maybe it didn't have um, a proper ending. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, there's been talk of a reunion show, but can't see it. Well, that brings us to the end of Sparrow Talk Presents Press Gang. Um, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another one. Goodness knows what it'll be. It's a surprise. So it's goodbye from me. You do it. Goodbye, listeners. Shall I have a go? Yeah, have it. Goodbye. See you later. <laughs>